breaking of day. So from the nighttime until the dawning time, there was a wrestling match that went on between Jacob and a man. And this man appeared from out of nowhere. Why? Because this man knew that it was time for Jacob to experience a breakthrough. So now the question is, who is this man? If you've been studying the Bible for a minute, you have an idea who this man is. If you haven't been studying the Bible, let me give you a quick excerpt on who this man is. This man is Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, if we had time, we would go into the book of Hosea, chapter 12, verses 3 through 5. Matter of fact, they put it up. I might as well read it. The Bible says, he took his brother by the heel in the womb. Who's that? That's Jacob, right? And in his strength, he struggled with God. And that's what we're about to read right now in this passage. The next verse says what? Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to us. That is the Lord, God of hosts. The Lord is his memorable name. Uh, let me see if I can say this. Whenever God takes human form as far as to resemble a man, it's never the father and it's not the spirit. It's always the son. The God we serve is one in essence yet plural in person, father, son, and Holy Spirit. No one has seen the father at any time, John chapter 1 says. No one's seen God the father. So when people see a man in the Old Testament and then later say, I've seen God, it wasn't God the father they saw. It wasn't the Holy Spirit that they saw because he's spirit. And he, when he takes the form, is the form of a dove. So whenever someone is a man or looks like a man, it is the second member of the triune Godhead, Jesus Christ. Because this man, also known as the angel of the Lord, says and does things that only God can say and do. So this encounter that Jacob is having, because we know Jesus didn't begin in Bethlehem. He always has been. Okay, he's always existed. And so he entered Thomas, and he did it with Moses in Exodus chapter 3 as the angel of the Lord. He did it in Judges chapter 6 with Gideon. He did it in Judges chapter 13 with Samson's family. The angel of the Lord is Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. So Jacob meets up with Jesus right here because Jesus knows he needs a blessing. He needs a breakthrough. And so Jesus wrestled with him. But then we're going to see in the next verse that when Jesus wrestled with him, and they wrestled all night, verse 25, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him. Again, the New King James helps me because it capitalizes he. It lets me know that the he is talking about the man, and the man is Jesus Christ. So Jesus is wrestling with Jacob, and the Bible says here that he could not prevail against Jacob. Jacob is desperate. Jacob is fighting for his life. He's trying to fight the fear up off of him. He knows something is happening. It's maybe some kind of epiphany. He's having a moment. He doesn't know if he's dreaming. He doesn't know, but he is fighting. He's in this thing. He's got all his fear working. Man, Esau is coming. He don't know if he's about to lose his life and lose his family. He's going all for broke here. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw that he could not prevail... Why did Jesus, the one who is, has all power, let this man prevail over him? Jesus knew that this man 
needed a W. <laughs> he needed a victory. <laughs> he needed a victory. When you have little kids and you wrestle with your children, you have more power than your kids, but you're wrestling with them and you let them pin you so that you can build their confidence and their self-esteem. You want them to have a victory in that moment. And so he's wrestling because God loves the intimacy in the fiery moment. And he lets Jacob prevail because Jacob needs to prevail in the morning, in the next day. So Jesus says, I'm going to let you taste what victory is like wrestling with me so that when you deal with your brother, this ain't the first time you know what victory feels like. But then Jesus says, just to let you know so you don't get it twisted here. The Bible says he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip went out of joint as he wrestled with him. So he let him prevail, but he touched his hip, boop, just to let him know I could take you out if I wanted to. <laughs> I'm enjoying this intimacy, but, but, but don't get it twisted now. I am the son of God. I am the angel of the Lord. So this thing is a unique experience going on. And I venture to say to you that you won't have these wrestling moments, you know, in a regular way throughout your life. There's going to be a crisis that's going to drive you to Jesus like you've never been driven to him before. And you're going to experience his presence like you've never experienced his presence before. And in the New Testament, the equivalent of wrestling may be praying and fasting, where you just turn it up a little bit and say, God, I've got to hear from you. Lord, I need you. And in this moment, Jesus wounds Jacob. He wounds him, touches him in the hip. Jesus wounds him. Now, some of us will say, I don't want to hang out with God because he's wounded me. Some of you will say, man, God, if he didn't wound me, he allowed me to get hurt. My mother did this. My father didn't do that. This is what happened to me. Or some of you, like Jacob, you may have been born with a physical abnormality. And you're like, why did God wound me like that? Let me tell you something. There's a purpose in the wound. Because the wound is going to lead to a blessing. The God who wounds you is the same God who bless you. God will use the wound because later we're going to see brother man is going to be walking with a limp. Letting him know this wasn't just a dream. This was real because you're walking up out of this thing limping to show that you really did wrestle with God. And when people see you walking with a limp, they just might ask you a question, which will give you an opportunity to talk about the goodness and the grace and mercy of God in your life. That in spite of the wound, you're still walking with him. Get that in. In spite of the pain, he allowed the pain. So that you can be a greater testimony to others. Because there's some people out here who have the strange belief that if you serve God, you never get wounded. That if you love God, you'll never hurt. That's a lie. Because you love God, you will hurt. Because you love God, you will be wounded. Because you love God, you will be persecuted. And so all of us are wounded in some way. God either allowed it or he did it directly. But here's the deal. Although my man was wounded by God, he did not let go of God. Look at verse 26. And he said, let me go. Jesus said, let me go for the day breaks. So 
So Jacob is holding on, his hip all busted. He hurting, they rolling around, they wrestling for hours. He's like, let me go. Because the day break. Because I, I promise you, you don't want to see me when the sun comes up. I got too much glory up in here. You want to deal with me in the dark right now. You better hurry up and let me go. So Jacob, although he's hurting, he's still holding on. Can I encourage you? Although you may be hurting, some of y'all been mad at God. Don't you let go and you keep on holding on. It's going to make sense after a while. Just keep on holding on. Don't let go. And here's the good news too. He's holding on to you. So in case you do let go, he still got you and say, get your grip back. Come on, let's get back to wrestling again. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me how I hurt you. Come on now. I can work this out with you. We can turn this around together. I won't leave you. You mad at me. I'm not mad at you. Come on. We're going to work this out together. So Jacob beats the man after he meets the man. And then finally, he entreats the man. Since he sees the man has more power than he has. Since he's now kind of picking up that this is a divine moment here. He says in verse 27, excuse me, excuse me, uh, at the end of verse 26. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Unless you bless me, okay. You want me to let you go, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the word bless is barak. And it speaks of stooping down to bestow kindness, which is what a father does when he shows kindness to his children. He stoops down to their level, puts his hands on them, speaks life to them. And since they've been rolling around, Jacob is like, don't let me go. I won't let you go, rather, until you bless me. So Jesus says to him in verse 27, what is your name? Again, when Jesus asks a question, he's not trying to gain information. He's doing it to continue the intimacy. He knew this man's name. That's why he showed up in the middle of the night in the first place. He knew everything about this guy. But he's wanting the intimacy. What's your name? Listen to this, Strong Tower. And he said, Jacob. What does Jacob mean? Supplanter. Again, let's remind ourselves. What does it mean? Sneaky. Tricky. So in that moment, he said, this is who I am. I'm a mess. I'm sneaky. Man, I, I steal things, you know, with trickery. This is who I am. And Jesus is like, okay. I know that's who you are, and that does not frighten me one bit. Okay. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change your name. He said, my name is Jacob. So verse 28 says, your name shall no longer be Jacob or Tricky or Supplanter. Your name will now be Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So what you got to do tomorrow with Esau, I already see you as prevailing in that. That struggle you've been having with your brother for the last 20 years, guess what? You're going to have victory tomorrow. It's already done as far as God is concerned. I know you can handle him because you've been handling me all night. So I'm changing your name because when I change your name, that speaks to the fact that I have authority over your life. Because when you name something, you have authority over it. Mom and daddy named you because you came out holding the heel and they thought that'd be a cute name. Oh, look at little uh, Tricky right there. 
And guess what? And he lived like that his whole life based on what he was called. God says, I'm going to call you a new name. I'm going to call you Israel, one who prevails with God, one who prevails with men. In other words, I'm giving you a name that speaks of victory. I'm changing your name because your name signifies your identity and your destiny. And when God meets up with people, he does that a lot. When he saw uh, 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 Simon, Jesus looked at him and said, okay, your name is Simon, but I'm changing it to Peter. Uh, Paul started off as Saul, but God changed him over to Paul. And God has a way of changing our name because our names signify our identity and our purpose. Oh, he changed my name as a Christian. Yes, he did. There was a time my name was Sinner. But because of Jesus, my name is now saint. There was a time my name was heathen, but now I am highly favored. There was a time my name was darkness. I mean, that was really my nature. But then he changed my name because he changed my nature, and now he calls me light. There was a time I was a foe, but now I'm called friend. There was a time I was lost, but now he calls me found. There was a time I was guilty, but now my name is forgiven. There was a time I was condemned, but now guess what? I'm justified. There was a time my name was dead, but now my name is alive. There was a time I was an outcast, but now I am an overcomer. That's my name. There was a time when I was an unbeliever, but now I am a believer and a disciple of Jesus Christ. Call me by my name. There was a time when I was cursed, but now because of Jesus, I am blessed. Call me by my name. There was a time I was wretched when I was lost, but now because of Jesus, I'm the royal priesthood in Christ. Call me by my name. There was a time I was wicked, but now I'm righteous. There was a time my name was defeated, but now I'm victorious. He changed my name because he's changed my destiny. He's changing me. My name has been changed. He changed Jacob's name. And if you know him, he's changed your name too. Oh, my. But God didn't just stop with the name, y'all. As I close, look at verse 29. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. So it's getting good to Jacob. He's like, okay, you didn't change my name, which is changing where I'm about to go. I'm Israel now. What's your name? Tell me your name. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? Now, in the book of Judges, when someone else asked the angel of the Lord his name, the angel of the Lord Jesus said, you know, my name is just too wonderful. You, you, you can't handle it if I told you my name. Don't worry about my name right now. Uh-uh, you can't handle that. And the Bible says, and he blessed him there. So the blessing was in his name change. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God Face to face. Wait, I thought he was wrestling with a man. But this man is saying and doing things that only God can say and do. So Jacob gets it. I just saw God. And in other passages, when they would see Jesus in the Old Testament, they were afraid that they were going to die. But God had mercy on them. He says, I've seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. So not only did this brother get a new name, there was a new place, Peniel. He, he, he memorialized that meeting and called this place, Peniel, face of God. And some of us need to see the face of God in a new city. Some of us need to see the face of God at a new job, a new family, even at a new church. Man, I need to see God's face again. 
God is ready to reveal himself at Peniel. But then there was a new day because the Bible says uh, uh, the sun rose on him. So now the sun is coming up. And it's a new day. And you know what happens when you get a new day? You get new mercies. So he's got a new name. He, he's at a new place. He's got a new day. But he's also got a new walk. Because the Bible says he limped on his hip. He limped on his hip. So now he's limping from his hip. He, he's hipping and he's hopping. That, that's where it started. So he's got this limp now. Some of y'all will get that on the way home. <laughs> I worked hard on that joke. And uh, watch this. Remember when he left Canaan to go to Haran? All he had was a staff. Now, he really didn't need that staff. But guess what? Now he needs that staff because he's got a limp now. And the staff is like his relationship with God. He had God in the earlier chapters, but he didn't really need God. But once he got wounded, now he needs God. And he's leaning on God like he's leaning on that staff. Oh, God, I need you now. Even as I walk with a limp, and we all have a limp, we all are wounded, but we're leaning on the one who's holding us up. So all this new stuff is going on. And then in chapter 33, because he had a breakthrough with God that night, he has a new relationship with his brother, the one he was afraid of. Now they're hugging and weeping and rejoicing together after 20 years of separation. They reconciled now. So God gave him a breakthrough, the thing that he elevated, the thing that was bigger than God in his life, the thing he prayed about but didn't go away. He had to have a breakthrough moment with God and now he could face his brother and God did more than he could ever imagine and his brother didn't even want the gifts. Founding need all this stuff. In other words, because you were sneaky, putting all that stuff together, God is like, I don't need you to do that. He don't even want all that stuff. But guess what? He kept saying, Esau, take it. Esau, all right, I'm, I'm going to take it now. But you didn't even have to lose all that stuff if you just would have trusted God. God don't need us in the plans. What am I saying today? When Jacob prayed to God, yeah, he got through everybody. When we pray, we get through. But when he wrestled with God, he had a breakthrough. He prayed to God and got through. God heard him. But when he wrestled with God, he finally got his breakthrough. There's a difference between prayers that get through and prayers that break through. Get through prayers, you get through to God. Break through prayers, God gets through to you. Get through prayer, afterwards you may still be afraid. Break through prayer, afterwards you're ready to face your fears. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to face your fear with the help of God. Get through prayer. You ask God to change things. Oh, Lord, fix this. But when there's a breakthrough prayer, God decides to change you. It don't matter if the stuff around you changes. God done adjusted you. So it don't matter what's out there. He's touched you. Get through prayer. May last for a few moments. Breakthrough prayer may last for a few hours. Late in the midnight hour, I heard somebody say, get through prayer. You do most of the talking. Breakthrough prayer, God does most of the talking, and you do most of the listening. 
You know when God is dealing with you, when you grab a piece of paper and you got your pen and you, he's just dictating to you. Have you had one of those moments? Or is your prayer life just all you talking? Prayer is not just talking, it's listening. And when God breaks through, he's like, I'm talking now. Be quiet. Yes, Lord. But you got to have some word on tap to know what God sounds like because God ain't going to say nothing to go against this word. Somebody said they heard God talk. But it contradicts this. You didn't hear God. You heard somebody else. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, uh, get through prayer. <laughs> Your posture is upright and even casual. But breakthrough prayer? Your posture is prostrate and desperate. You don't care what other folk think. And then through get through prayer, you're trying to get a hold of God. But when you have a breakthrough, God succeeds in getting a hold of you. Sometimes you come to us for counseling and you should come to us for counseling. But what we try to do as pastors and leaders is keep leading you back to God. Because what you need, you can only get from God. But some of you want to circumvent that experience. And you hope that a man can tell you, a woman can tell you what you need or what you should do. But the Bible says you have an anointing from God that will teach you things that no man can teach you. He wants to break through, but you got to get alone. You got to stop. You got to drop. You got to roll. And you got to rustle. Cancel those divorce plans. Get alone with God. I said cancel those divorce plans and get alone with God. Let him change your nature so that your spouse can see you've been with God. Let's stand. I hope you read this story. I did my best to preach it. But our God wants intimacy with us. And he'll allow the fire to come so that we can wrestle with him. Don't circumvent the process. If God calls you in the oven, don't try to go to the microwave. And if you are in the oven, stop trying to get out early. He's in there with you. And the reason why you haven't burned up is because he's rolling around with you. He paid too much to let you burn to a crisp. But he's getting the impurities out. Jacob, you've been too tricky, man. I've got to grow you. I'm going to use the fire. Can I tell you to embrace the Lord as you're in this fiery season? And if you're not in one right now, pack this away because one is coming. Don't run. Stop, drop, and roll. Now, if you don't have a church home, I want to invite you to be a part of this church. After service, I'm going to be standing right here. If you want to come to the class we have and you haven't signed up online, come meet me here and fill this up. Come to the class and test the spirits and see what God's doing at this church and if you're supposed to be a part of it. I'll be right here. I'll give you this and you give it back to me. But above all, if there's someone here, my elder said earlier, today is a great day to embrace the Lord who's embracing you. The Christ who made a way for you. If you want to meet Jesus Christ, if you want today to be the day of salvation, 
I will pray with you right here. So members, give me some time to talk to people. First time guests, give me a minute to talk to people because God may be dealing with some people and you want to come to Christ. Now in a couple of weeks, we're going to empower a team of people who will meet with people who want to make a decision that will change eternity. But right now, I'm doing it to start off. Some of you, I'm going to hand select and ask you to be on this team to pray with people who want to come to Christ and who want to join this church. But right now, I'm doing it. And if God starts pricking your heart, saying, Pastor, I'm a member of this church, and I want to be a part of that team that counsels people, holler at me. Grab hands with the neighbor next to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Father God, we, we just can't get over your love. Your agape and how your son put himself in harm's way so that we wouldn't have to experience hell. How Jesus paid our ransom because we were dead in sin and the wages of sin not only produce physical death but spiritual death and even eternal death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you Jesus for not only dying in our place, but also resurrecting from the dead. You are alive and well, and we thank you. Lord, we know you, but there's some people in here who may not know you, Lord. Let them open up their heart and say, you know what? I want Jesus. I've tried everything, and I want to try Jesus now. I want to know about this love. If that's you, come meet me down here. Let me talk to you. Let me pray with you. You can go out of this place different than how you came in. If you're looking for a church home, Again, we're not perfect, but we serve a perfect God with a perfect love. If you want to be a part of this place, come on, let me talk to you. And for the rest of us, we go out of this place to be witnesses, to stand up, Lord, for those who can't stand up for themselves, to speak up for those who need someone else to speak up for them, to be salt and light, to be warriors and soldiers for Christ. Thank you for the calling on our lives to not only be saved, but as Elder Tyler said, to make a difference with this salvation to let love be demonstrable and not just something we talk about. Thank you that you blessed us to be a blessing and now we go in your name. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. It's according to the power that's working in us. To him be the glory, the majesty, the dominion, and the power, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, Amen. Have a blessed day. Have a wonderful fourth. Meet me down front if you want to know Jesus. Meet me down front if you want to join the church.